So what to are we be doing fair, here? You were pretty done in the evening too. Oh, this is a conf grenade. It is. Oh, mine conf grenade. Oh, actually. <laughs> March 6, 2012. This is the Idle Thumbs Confronade for GDC 2012, the first one. I'm Chris Remo. And I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Steve Gaynor. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. <laughs> oh. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Surprise! There are too Surprise. many of us in this room. Yeah, there really are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we all had to come into your hotel room, Nick. That's okay. I apologize. I don't. I... Oh! Yeah. All right. Welcome back, Nick. Thanks. Forever. Fuck you. Whoa! <laughs> Off to a good start. <laughs> so how'd you guys all like the Game Developers Conference that you all attended today? We developed, we did, we were, we developed a game. Jake yeah, and I, I, did. I participated in the G&D of Game Developers <laughs> Conference. Between 3.30 and 4 o'clock That's with true. Mark and, De and Dennis. We had, I, I developed a game today. I conferred for a half hour in a meeting room. I did not attend the Game Developers Conference. Mm. But you, you achieved, you know, in the spirit of things, you probably were conferring about video games put more it this than way, any Steve, of us. I, yeah, I developed way more games than anyone developed at Game Developers Conference. Yeah. Except for those people who made a game today, probably. <laughs> at some, at some session or there was probably a jam going game. on, yeah. let's assume. Yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying it. <laughs> if, 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 if the people who actually went to it should be involved with this discussion yeah. of it. What did you enjoy? Uh, well, I'm... Been going to the uh, indie game summit, yeah, um, and you know it's it's cool. Like it's it's just a single track thing, so you know it's not it, my normal GDC experience is like oh I have to pick between all the twenty things that are going on, but the indie game summit is just like talk by this guy, talk by this guy. Is this your and, first year uh, doing a summit thing? Uh, I did the the game design workshop one year, oh, but I yeah, I haven't gone to one of these things before. Um, it's been really interesting because uh, you you went to a bunch of the same talks I did, Chris. I did, yeah. I probably went to about half the ones you went to. I oh, think. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were there any that stood out to you? Um, I like Brendan's. Yeah. <laughs> Our, <laughs> but you're biased. I might be biased. <laughs> Our buddy Brendan Chung, uh, Gravity Bun, and obviously 30 Flights of Loving gave a talk today about the uh, development of Adam Zombie Smasher, which one of the things I thought was really interesting about it actually is that he talked about how uh, Adam Zombie Smasher was a prototype that he started developing actually before he made Flotilla or Air Forte or you know his other his other commercial games um, that he made and and was just wasn't really able to complete in a way that he wanted to so he made these other two games and then years later it came back to Adam Zombie Smasher which came out last year and like as far as I can tell it's been his most successful game I mean it's, yeah. it's, it's a finalist were the, were the, in the, were the things that were holding him up technical proficiencies or just sort of like financial or um it was there was a combination of technical and design elements it seems like where first of all as just a self-taught programmer there were a lot of inefficiencies in the way he was making his the way he was coding his game and uh, you know the framework he was he was using to build it which ended up becoming sort of refining itself over the course of several games. He's basically just building on this code base he has uh, from game to game to the point where now he, you know, he says it's a fairly refined and, and uh, robust. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's interesting. I mean, I guess a little bit... It's interesting to think of Flotilla and Adam Zombie Smasher being built on the yeah. same technical Because one of them's 3D, one of yeah, them's 2D. Yeah, they, they, they don't seem on the surface to have a whole lot in common. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's cool because it seems like... You had this idea of Adam Zombie Smasher, 
when he was relatively new to doing like he had done a bunch of mod stuff before mm-hmm. that, but like actually he made gravity bone before that. Yeah, but actually like building the tech from the ground up and yeah. and basically it seemed I mean he had a whole slide about it, so he acknowledges this. His Adam Zombie Smasher was kind of his first failure, you know, like he just didn't architect it right, and then he learned how to do it better to the point where he could come back to it, and that's cool. It, it really just it sort of demonstrates how that idea was clearly legitimate in his mind where it's you know he's it kept coming back to him over the years even though it wasn't a success at first which yeah. I, I think is really cool yeah i agree and there's there was some interesting stuff in there about like i've, I've always com- compared that game to xcom for a lot of different reasons i mean most obviously the distinction between the world map and the uh, resolution of battles you know in the, in this sort of tactical space yeah and uh, and one of the things he pointed out is that you know he was very influenced by xcom as well as other games and when he was his first take on the game, uh, the world map had a much more complicated set of mechanics associated with it, where all the different regions had all these different numbers corresponding to the scale of the invasion and the you know various factors that would influence the battle and all yeah. this different shit. And how many just, scientists there were in every yeah. region and how many civilians and you could move them around and all this shit. And it was just really overwhelming. And it took you know he talked about how being the entire development team it was really hard for him to have that ability to look at his work objectively and realize what was not fun about that. You know, he just he just thought it was all, he was like, oh, this is great. I've got all yeah. these numbers in just here. Move all really, these things around. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he kept giving well, it to people yeah. who just thought it was not fun at all. Yeah. And he just couldn't put those pieces together yeah. in his mind. It, well, it kind of seemed like one of those things where, you know, he implemented it all and he's like, yeah, this is exactly what I imagined it would right. be like. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, which is really easy mm-hmm. to do. You yeah. know, like, this is exactly what I pictured. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes that's what always happens. Actually, yeah. oh, I made exactly. Oh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> well, I enjoy it secretly, but now I like it less now that other people have told me that it's bad. <laughs> did you go to? Did you go stuff? No, Brett? no. I just flew in. Nick, Brett. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will tomorrow, though, so I can talk about that. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's really compelling Next stuff, Nick. <laughs> All the way here. Man. Yep, I know. This is what you people wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is the first. It's been pointed out. This is the first time since the live PAX cast that we did that all five of us well, have and only the second time ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. That that all of us have been talking to a mic at the same time. Well, yeah. also, does we don't really we so rarely get to all hang out. It's yeah. true. You yeah. know, it's a good point. At this stage, yeah. it's really it's nice. Because we all secretly hate each other, though. Well, yeah. 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 So. Well, all of us individually hate certain configurations right. of others of us. So it's okay for any, you know, certain combinations of three of us to hang out. Right. It's like one of those it's things It's like a civilization where... uh, diplomacy map where there's just like right, lines. Exactly. Just like some yeah. people are like red lines and, and then there's just me off. If someone goes back <laughs> and listens to the entire map catalog of Battle Thumbs, they could actually chart this out and they right. could figure out... They can the, piece yeah. together We've, the like right. diamond, diamond that information chart yeah. where Mr. Brown can't sit next to Mrs. Smith or whatever, except... Everyone just can't sit next to Nick Brecken. Yeah. Right. Well, and and for me, the configuration I like is if all four of you guys are hanging out together and I'm just not involved. <laughs> That's the rarest configuration. True, I guess. Oh, Nick. <laughs> yeah. 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 So did you find, um, like, did you pull, I mean, now that you're, I don't know, in the, like, Raise your right hand if you want me to talk about this on the cast. But um, did you find now that you're off doing your own thing and sort of like starting to put the pieces into place to build whatever you're going to build? Did you find today to be like 
inspiring in any certain way or did it did you take from it something that like you're like oh man that's i'm really glad i'm here listening to this right now while i'm at the precipice of what i'm about to do i thought i thought it was cool i thought it was interesting you know like i mean i left you know full-time employment uh in december you know um and so yeah i mean i've been doing contracting stuff and whatnot but yeah i'm, I'm kind of at the very beginning of the path towards independent game development you know and and I've, I've, I've been, I've kind of become more and more interested in the indie scene over the, you know, like in recent years. Cause I just, I don't know. I, it, well, it's, it's been of, pretty it's, dull. I mean, nothing <laughs> cool has come out. It hasn't been at all revolutionary. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where, where it's hard to have the perspective to know whether I've been getting more interested because just more cool shit's been going on or cause my, you know, internal thinking yeah, I mean, has been way. changing. I think it's a little of both, you know, where it's like really the scene has had even just more and more cool stuff coming out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I seeing that there were some really good talks that, that I thought um, were useful to keep in mind. Like uh, one of the talks that was actually really good was the guy who made that game um, Sissy's Magical Pony Corn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he did a short talk. It's um, Untold Ent? Untold Ent. Untold Ent. Yeah, yeah, I just know him. The Untold Ent. Untold Ent. He's Untold Ent. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then right after that was a talk about making trailers for your game. And they both were focused kind of a lot on, on promotion. You mm -hmm. know, like trailer obviously is right. explicitly promotion. But then the Ponycorn guy, a lot of his story was just about, like, I wanted to make this game with my daughter because I thought that would be really cool. But what was really important was, like, getting the word out to people and making something that people would be interested in and fostering that. And here's how I, you know, achieved that. Um, and it was just... That's so funny because that game feels... The way that game sort of popped up in my brain or on my computer was... It felt almost by accident that it well, was like yeah, and it, and it felt like that a discovered a discovered yeah. thing as well, opposed and, to a and that's promoted what was, thing. Yeah, that's what was interesting about it was like he was going to this game jam, you know, and he was like, "Man, I'm going to be gone to this game jam for like a four day weekend and not be around my family. That kind of sucks. I should bring my daughter with me and we'll like make a, a game together." And so he did that, and he said, you know, he he just made the thing, and he said a journalist came up to him and was like, you know. The, the headline, five-year-old girl makes video game, is the kind of headline that a journalist would, like, die for. And he was like, huh. And so he, so when he posted, like, a blog post announcing it, he used the headline, five-year-old girl makes video <laughs> game. And, and, it, and it, like, went viral, you know? And yeah. so it was the kind of thing where he made it for specific reasons that were personal to him and his family. But then he wanted people to actually play it. And so he did try to kind of present it in a way that would catch people's attention and make them actually examine it for long enough mm -hmm. to become interested in it and pass it on and um i love that i i, I loved playing that game i loved it i it was had adorable. such a good yeah. time you beat it? i did oh man i beat I it yeah i finished it i well, put all i put all the in... pony cores in the jars yeah <laughs> well i mean you're given such a clear goal and Find every time you do every time... <laughs> <laughs> step one check but uh, because of, I mean, how like the, go the goal is ridiculous and the limitations on, you know, you go make this game at a game jam, you just end up being forced to do a lot of things right, which is like feedback fast, move quickly. Like yeah. you're always sort of like gathering something, even if it's a joke. Yeah. You know, and it's something that makes like. Well, you can't classic, sit back and overthink magic. things. And those you plot know? twists. <laughs> what? There was that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when the orange guy had a pony corn under him? Yeah. Surprise. Oh, man. man. Didn't see that coming. So they get you. Spoilers, though. Sorry for those of you who haven't played uh, the Pony Corn Adventure. That game does a lot of things right. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it, it, has, it, it is really cool just being in the environment with, with all the dudes that are just making shit happen, you know? Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad I got to, to be here for it for many reasons. You know, GDC is just kind of cool to come with and hang yeah, out. But great. also, you know, there's stuff that's relevant. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful. I know. And I'm Nick, what capacity are you in here? are you here for any particular capacity only to absorb the magic? I I uh I just wanted a sample of what this was like so that I can go back and be sad again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got so we got that Nick Brecken on the cast. <laughs> hey, we weren't sure which one of the two. No, actually yeah. I feel really we sick right now. So the I'm really tired. Appropriate personality. So I'm not I'm not really bringing and also I didn't do anything. Oh, it is like two in the morning. So too. yeah, I feel I feel really terrible. But Oh uh, really? Oh really? Yeah. No, it's okay though. We no. go to your room. No, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I just as if it, as if, as if a man on his like if I was on my deathbed, this is like what I would want to occur. Like I, I just wouldn't get diagnosed. Like you're not gonna barf. Right? This is the last time. I was sort of thinking, I was like, am I gonna just, barf? I, I shouldn't take, barf in the direction of the mic. I want to paint the picture here to the readers. We are arranged in sort of a semicircular arc yeah. around the microphone, and yeah. Nick is in the center of it, yeah, yeah. painting this picture of. If I were on my deathbed, <laughs> this is what I'd want to happen. So this is basically yeah. like the Last Supper, where we're yeah. sort of supplicating ourselves right. to Nick Brecken as yeah. he dies, I guess? Yeah, uh, the death of Nick Brecken, yeah. it, it might occur. Uh, yeah. uh, episode title. Yeah. <laughs> the, last, <laughs> the Last Supper of Nick Brecken. <laughs> Life and Times. Uh, the Passion of Nick, of, of Nick Brecken. The Last Supper of Jack in the Box. It was... <laughs> We all ate horrible foods. Did you eat Jack in the Box? No. Oh, okay. I didn't even get that. I didn't even well, get I, that. I'm just trying to die. You all ate around me. Is the, yeah. and, and then I, I and, and I ate sushi yeah. from a former Jack in the Box. Yeah. That's true. Everybody That's... ate from a Jack in the Box. Terrifying. The once in future Jack in the Box. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good podcast. It was, <laughs> it's pretty good. It sold sushi for about you know, a I year thought it was going to go one way. I thought there's some times on the, thus far where I was like, oh, man, we're, we're pointing in the right direction. And then... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't thought this happened. Yeah. I'm playing Grim Fandango for the first time. Me too. Ever. Oh, the first time ever. Yeah. Really? I swear to God. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, I'll tell you how it happened. It is uh, Grim Fandango came out, and I played the PC gamer demo disc mm. of it. But I had a 486 at the time, mm. or something. And you didn't have a graphics accelerator. Because I, I had that, I had that when that game came out. I uh -huh. couldn't play it because that was the first game I ever owned that actually required a graphics accelerator right. card. And, and I it doesn't require one. one. It has a software renderer. It just it runs really bad. Oh, then it just it didn't yeah. run on my computer. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I terrible. couldn't play it, and then like it wouldn't even install online. I don't mm -hmm. think I got a new computer until I got like a Pentium two, and then by that time, you know, I didn't have any money, so yeah. I never played it, and uh, it just sat How far there. Into it, I... Oh, not very far. Um, Mercedes just showed up and they locked me in that room. So I'm gonna get out of there probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was funny. Um, it's a game where I played it. I started to play in the evening, and it's hard. You know, it's also like everybody has an opinion about that game, and everybody's mm -hmm. told you how good that game is. Yeah. So you don't really have a lot of room to start kind of craft your own space with it, but you have at least I have to. So I just like shut myself in a room, our living room. I get like five minutes in and I see like tap, 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 tap down the hallway. And Nick's like, oh, no, no, sorry. Jake's like, 
I think I heard the Grim Fandango music <laughs> on the other side of the house. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I didn't have to kick you out of the room, but I was about to. She's like, did you go in the alley? I'm like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so you can't play in a LucasArts adventure game around Jake. But, uh, you know, I mean, say. Yeah. it's funny. Is it? It's been a long time since I played uh, an adventure game with a LucasArts era, believe it or not. Um, I guess we like all like group played Full Throttle once, but it was just like we might as well just been watching Full Throttle the movie yeah, because we just click click, 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 yeah, yeah, next thing, next thing. Blast through that. Whereas in this, like, I did get really frustrated, yeah, but then ask. the moment I solved one thing, I remembered why I liked adventure games and went yeah. like, oh yes, that's the classic arc, yeah, like, the parabola know, of just, playing and adventure. I, I mean, fuck, sign wave. Fuck, fuck, yeah. This is the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's also it's a feedback well, mechanism that you're so. Like you haven't experienced in so long mm-hmm. that you forget what ex- exactly is pleasurable about it. Mm. Well, but the moment it goes into cutscene mode, you're like, I'm being given my treat. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, completed right. my well, thing. Grim Fandango mm. is particularly, I think, a strong example of that. Like especially more so than a game like Full Throttle. Be, uh, we, and, you know, those are both Tim Schafer's main games as project lead. And because uh, Grim Fandango has, it's got that kind of sine wave of the you know valley of frustration and then the peak of of that that yeah. reward and extreme feedback game um, that except right except that on top of that in Grim Fandango just the structure of that game means it go it on top of the little there's peaks and the, valleys there's, there's, there's the huge the rolling ones that all the yeah. little peaks and valleys exist on because of the act structures of because that game which Grim Fandango is basically like, just four full throttles back to back exactly yeah, yeah. And yeah. each yeah. one of those those act breaks is like this incredible just tsunami of, of a rush when you get a new one of those. Yeah, it's just, because you're unlocking like, a whole world, yeah, essentially. Exactly. Like, I mean, and, well, in all of those you don't know what this is yet, Sean. Yeah. All of the, all of the, the scenes Spoilers. when that happens are just magnificent. Yeah. Like, the first one especially is just oh, one God. of my all-time favorite Coincidentally, I'm replaying it as well, and I just hit that break, and it yeah. was just like, <laughs> like what? So, this is like well, residual VM happened to us. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that plus the double fine Kickstarter making everyone talk about Grim Fandango oh, yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, there's, there's probably a lot of people playing Psychonauts in Grim right yeah. now. Yeah. I, don't, I may have talked about this on the podcast before. before. I don't know. Psychonauts. It's fine. My my original experience playing Grim Fandango was a particularly I don't know, deep experience of, of that whole arc thing in my brain because I, when I played that game, I didn't have the internet in my house and uh, so I didn't have any way, I didn't have a hit book or anything and I, so I, you know, every puzzle I had to solve by just working through it and I would go, I would, that game took me actually a full year to complete. Holy like, I mean, I wasn't, I, it... I wasn't playing it every day but I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I would go through these phases where I would, I'd really get back into it for a few days or like a week or whatever and I'd really... I'd get a bunch of stuff, and then I'd hit a wall, and I would kind of get stuck, and I would just forget about it for a week or two. And it, and it, that game lasted me the better part of an entire year. And so it was sort of those little peaks and valleys and then the bigger arcs, but just writ large across an entire year of my life, which yeah. at the age I was when I played it is a you know, significant yeah, year. A like when you're young, yeah. a year matters hugely in it's terms a formative of just, novel. Your per, exactly, like your, yeah. your, your personal ability to perceive the world and to draw meaningful connections between things that happen in a game and things in your life, especially because that game, there's so much melodrama in that game and there's so much really deliberately heightened emotion and so on. And so, you know, that the, the So many giant cats driving back. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yep. Uh, but it was, that, and that's the only adventure game though that I've ever 
had that experience with. I mean, I, it, it, it's really long. It's the longest adventure game I've played, probably. Mm-hmm. And it's but it's also the only one that I've actually stretched out across such a, a huge length of time. And inevitably, I can never have quite that same experience again, thanks to one, the internet, and two, just just being an adult they now. Ga- and not, they also don't make games and they like just that don't make games like that, especially yeah, yeah. of that length. And so, um, it or was. Or do they? I don't. Uh, they don't. Double fine Kickstarter. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> that game will be huge. The game will not be Grim. <laughs> that would be a disaster if it were Grim Fandango length. Uh, but uh, it was a disaster. I mean, it would just be the wrong way to spend their resources to yeah. make a forty-hour event. Who are you game. to decide what they're doing? <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I mean, as a backer, you can contribute to the. That's true. That would be <laughs> nice uh, don't make this Grim Fandango length. <laughs> the most pointless that comic shows up and you're just beaten into the ground by yeah, every exactly, other backer right, of that yeah. campaign um, maybe, maybe shorter 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 <laughs> shut up <laughs> it was funny though because I like, I played it um, for the first time ever Saturday night and then Sunday I went to the office and the first person I ran into ran into was the CTO of Telltale Kevin Bruner who was the gameplay programmer on that game and it's just that's crazy to me Oh, it's absolutely crazy to me because, like, I probably make games because of Full Throttle. That's the whole reason. Like, I remember just being a kid in Wyoming, just playing Full, Full Throttle. Full Throttle is my favorite yeah. game ever. And, I mean, that's the whole thing. That yep. put the pieces together went, like, oh, I never knew what I'd be able to do in the game industry, but maybe there's something like this that I could do. Um, there's something in here, maybe, that could I could find a home. Yeah. But then to just literally the next person I see that isn't Jake is just... Like, like this wealth of the, knowledge the about dude. what was that experience like? Because like obviously did you interrogate him about it? Well, one yeah, of the first things yeah, that you yeah, said yeah, yeah. was really like those walking controls, <laughs> <laughs> and he just scowled at me. No, he was fine with it. But he did say, I mean, he, that is he was that is why I like, never replayed Grim Fandango because yeah. I tried and I'm like, holy shit! You know, it actually doesn't like, map. Interface. It doesn't map badly to a 360 controller. Yeah, and, with, and that's with, the thing. I've never tried it. Gamepad control. I've never tried doing that, but I should. That, that's is, it three, is it 360 supported by Residual VM on Mac? It's not. But um, it's supported by the Grim Launcher. So you can, oh, okay. you can kind of like hack that. But not on OS X. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll that would be awesome. Maybe there's a way to figure it out. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, uh, well, it's just, I mean, just he's like, well, Tim really liked to play on the numpad, so the gameplay is pretty well on the numpad. You should try playing on the numpad. And we don't have a numpad on our like lap board like keyboard, but I've got a nice like weird lobster claw thing that I've got going that I've now just <laughs> like, like, like that 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 like, specific story is is way has has way more impact on me than just oh yeah and then I ran into the gameplay programmer like that's the kind of weird shit when you work in the game industry that you that you interact with it's not just oh I'm working with the guy who did the programming for this game it's like and he said oh yeah. Tim Schafer really liked to play it this one way while we were developing, <laughs> so you should try that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably, that's probably the most supported way. Yeah, the way that's sort of fifty percent screened back in the manual and isn't on the control screen. Right. Well, then our really good friend Chuck Jordan, who's been on on he's been on Animal Thumbs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was also a programmer on the game. I think. He was it also yeah. So though they were the three like three. There was somebody else, but those three guys definitely programmed a lot on the game and everything that's sort of CPU clock related that causes now causes massive bugs. And <laughs> Those guys also <laughs> screwed that up. So well, that's good. yeah, wasn't Chuck saying that he well, timed, he spent an entire day timing out the credits to, to match up, match the, up music. the music. But and then found <laughs> out after it shipped that the engine was timed to, to your CPU clock. So that's, <laughs> so that's sweet. It's his life. Owned. But yep. you know, like you can't not be ridiculously grateful to realize that you've wandered into a career where the, that just happens to you. And yeah. you go home and say, oh, that guy's, a treasure of knowledge about you know like you're not gonna 
yeah. get that anywhere else. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's probably something that happens with a lot of, like, if you're a if you're in the music industry and you're a band that's recording, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like, definitely. oh, the guy that's running the, the soundboard while we're recording our album in the studio was, you know, the drummer the or, yeah, or, or whatever, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> okay, so I'm working with a guy that, you know, made all these albums that I grew up listening to when I was 12 or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's interesting. How well, we all now have ecosystem. enough experience to where, like, people who were formative game industry folks well, at least, like, you can make eye contact with them, you know, right? <laughs> but, like, the, before that, the industry is so young that it's hard to get people who are in their late 20s and early 30s and then have the next generation who have made the things that formed their opinions about the media, the medium that they're in. Yeah. Um, I feel very lucky to be part of that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. That was one of my first GDC experiences ever was I sat in on this on this roundtable. Uh, there was, like, a... It's like a creative direction roundtable or something. I just want, and so I, I go in and I just, and I'm in QA at the time, and this is like the first session I ever went to, and I just sat down in the corner, and a bunch of people come in and sit around at the table who are actually going to be like talking, and then one of them is just Will Wright, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I'm sitting like four feet away from him on the on the the floor, and the roundtable is going on, and someone else is talking. I'm just looking at Will Wright, just kind of like staring at him while he's like <laughs> while he's listening to a speaker, and then he like looks over at me suddenly, and I'm just like, <laughs> and like, look away with shame. Uh, it, was, it was just one of those weird things where I'm like, yeah. oh, this is what GDC's about. Will Wright looks at you. <laughs> During my first, my first, my first GDC is 2004, so this year is my ninth, and one that's of the first, so that's insane. Yeah. One of the first um, experiences I remember from that GDC was, this was when it was still in San Jose, and so I was just walking down the street one night, uh, uh, you know, in front of the the place where they do the Game Developers Choice Awards, and I was just walking back to my hotel, and I was wearing my Corley Motors shirt from Full Throttle. The like, it was an awesome shirt that doesn't have a LucasArts logo on it, doesn't have a game logo on it's it. It's just the big motorcycle with exactly. all of the. It's just, well, it's like, the it's the CM logo. Um, but then on the back, it has like this. It has a bike. It has a bike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has a picture of the, of the bike, and 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 the slogan can't beat a Corley. And I was walking down the street. And Tim Schaefer just walked, was walking the other direction on the street towards me. And as we, and, and I'm like, oh, in my brain, I'm like, oh man, that's Tim Schaefer. And then as we, as we like reached each other, he was like, hey, full throttle, I made that game. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so that, I, then I met him and like I've known him ever since then. So that's advice to everyone in the world wear dorky shirts of things that you like <laughs> and then walk around where there's game developers conference. You'll stand out. That's honestly though. That's <laughs> I don't know. If you see somebody wearing it's, it's a not shirt, a, that was that was sarcastic, that is, but it's also no, it's not so true. You will have a drink purchased by me. Yeah, absolutely. If you're wearing a Corley Motors shirt, Sean Van. <laughs> <laughs> I had it's that was, that was coming back to Will Wright. I think That's we're fun. listening to Will Wright. That was also the podcast that fostered. When, that was the first podcast I think it was on where the Phaedra stuff popped up. But that Will Wright talk from GDC 2010 it was probably mm-hmm. like the best moment I've had at GDC. Like the best thing I've ever sat in and experienced at GDC. It's the best probably. experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Recently I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's really just nothing that it would ever yeah. could, could top that. Sorry, top sorry that. honey. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. But Let's be honest, Phaedrus. You should, have seen, you should have seen this talk. It was transcendent. <laughs> there was that Soviet space minute. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good talk. <laughs> Will, Will Wright I is... was ensorcelled. 
<laughs> it's funny. It's a funny thing about um, the way people talk and converse in the video game industry, and the way people give, you know, GDC talks and addresses and things like that. There's there's a certain um, people in the games industry are incredibly smart. Like there are a ridiculous number of absurdly smart people in the games industry, and that's one of the th reasons I like GDC so much. I mean, it's my favorite game-related week of the year, easily, but you know, by a long shot. Um, but there's a certain kind of um, kind of live-spoken address style or something that is not very common in games, mm -hmm. and it's the kind that, that Will Wright adopts. And it's the kind you see sometimes when given by a really interesting, eclectic professor or something. Right. You yeah. know, like there's a certain type of intellect that is, despite how many smart people there are in the games industry, there's a certain category of intellect that is just not very, you know, not very common in this industry for whatever reason, but Will Wright exemplifies. And you go see a talk by Will Wright, and the breadth of topics discussed and the depth with which each one is discussed is just something on another level. I mean, it's just oh, something it's you unbelievable. Just don't, it you might don't surprise you. It might surprise <laughs> <laughs> With a depth that will surprise you, yes. Yeah. yeah. It is like, I mean, comparing it to like a very, the most engaging university professor you've ever had or something like yeah. that, but talking about the thing that you've cared about your entire life, you yeah. know, you get like, it felt like when you're in school, you get one of those a year and then Will Wright can just produce one of those from wherever it comes from. He's not talking this year, is he? Uh, I don't know. I, I, Fabers I don't is bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look, look for the... The mysterious the most boring sounding the future of content. The future of content. Oh, the best one was Metaphysics of Game Design or something? Was his oh, yeah, Metaphysics of Game Design. That's the Sounds reason famous. I ended up reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I'm actually talk. reading it right now. Did is, you like it? Uh, I'm, I'm about halfway through. We can talk about books now. That's Sean was like, on brand. in love with that. You were loved that book, didn't you? I loved it. I'm... I'm I, I do like it. I'm only halfway through it, so I can't really make a full judgment. The second half is when you love it. I also started reading it the year I started riding a motorcycle. So it was just like... Last year, yeah, oh, 2011, yeah. Yeah, I got him. Yes, that's you last can, year. You can put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Confirmed. <laughs> but um, not that it had anything to do with it, really. It does. No, but I mean, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it, I mean, it gave you a little bit more of a direct connection to it. Because I, I have no physical well, experience of doing anything to a motorcycle. Well, there's a part in the book where he talks about this, your motorcycle is going to break down on you. It is going to leave you in the rain at the worst possible time, and you're going to be sitting on a giant useless piece of metal and not know anything. To, and if you're, you're going to be one of two people. You're going to be the person who says, fuck this fucking thing, fuck it, like, this thing's a useless piece of shit, I need somebody to fix it for me. Or you're going to, like, understand that it's a machine that has all these interconnected parts that at each yeah. one of them has a specific purpose, and you can fix it, and you can save yourself. Yeah. And then I was reading that part, and it was three in the morning and my motorcycle broke down in the middle of the city. And I was like, fuck this motherfucking fucking thing! But it did, I did find solace in the fact that I was in that part of the book. And then I came home, finally got home, uh, called my fiance at the time. Um, and said, uh, this happened to me. And she goes, well, you're reading that book, so you should really just relax about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did it, yeah. did it spur you to like become more knowledgeable about maintaining Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every single piece of wrenching I've done probably is because of that book's ability to implicitly shame you for not doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 cool and it's a really interesting just thought process to point out, which is like, yeah, you can be willfully ignorant about something because it seems hard, or you can just admit, yes, this is hard and I don't know anything about it right. and I'm going to take the first step. 
That's sort to, of where he starts to, to become book. knowledgeable yeah. about it, so that in the future, you know, because it's it's like no one's going to say that it's easy. It is complicated, and, and well, we should do things not because they're easy, but because they're hard. <laughs> <laughs> in this decade, any, yeah. Is there anything else? <laughs> Yeah, but that's, he starts uh, the book well, kind of defining those ten, yeah. sort of two types of people as romantic and classic people. But but something right. that's, something that actually weirdly wraps back into a talk that we saw today. You were there for the Quap talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Quap oh. talk. <laughs> that's Nick, that was today. Yeah. I miss the Quap talk. I'm going home. <laughs> Cooperation. Jeez. Do you guys know? Tell me about the Quap talk. I will. Okay, I have a Quap question later, but we can. Oh, <laughs> oh you can, you can oh. ask your Quap question. Well, do you guys know if RoboQuap is actually at this show? I don't know. I, he, he didn't did, mention it. The guy after the Quap talk was that, that guy, Doug, Doug Wilson. Doug, yeah, Wilson. Doug Wilson. The, okay, you know, you know, Robocop. Yeah, is, yeah. Well, the readers, Ooh, made the people that. at home, Robo. Okay, so the the guy who made Johann Sebastian Joust made a hack to Quap where you strap move controllers to your legs and then those map to Q W O N P. So you have you have to in fact walk around to make <laughs> Quap guy walk. But in I'm sure there's a way that has nothing to do with actual. Yeah, there's, walk. there's no no mapping in that in that way at all. So. <laughs> Walk to make Quap guy walk. You walk, yeah. You walk, sentence. walk to make Quap guy walk. Walk to make Quap guy walk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I I had heard that it might be around. Yeah, it probably will be. Out. I mean, they said they're gonna have like JS Joust on the show floor, so yeah. maybe they'll do that too. I think multiplayer Quap is here, which I haven't done. Well. Just wait a but couple I, days. I actually yeah. I loaded up multiplayer co-op the other day and tried to do it myself. It's it's versus co-op, and I tried to, it like it's two co-op guys at the same time in in uh, horizontal split screen, and I actually oh God. I actually got a few paces doing both of them on my own. But it gets so hard because it's even even twitchier than regular co-op. I assume because it's do, doing more physics calculations at the same time, and the guys get out of sync even if you're. Because you know, Nick, the basic loop of playing Quap. Yeah. Like, well, just even you know, eventually, sort of microscopic mis- missteps in yeah, time is going to. Yeah. Gonna, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, just just microscopic imperfections. That's all. In yeah, the well, skin. I know. I'm um, laughing. I'm laughing. Anyway. <laughs> I'm laughing. Uh, what do you want? I'm laughing. I want to hear you tie. We were talking about back to Quap. Wait. So anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, Wait, Nick, seriously, actually, I was. When you're here, we need to play co-op co-op or competitive co-op. I guess it is competitive co-op. I don't know. I we prefer co-op to, co-op. We need to settle the score. <laughs> oh yeah, co-op. yeah. From the great, the great co-op. We need to settle the score from the great co-op. Well, that's why I came. That was it. All right. Yep. And he's Nick Brecken. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Nick. So why are we talking about co-op? Well, because he I was starting to... You know, no, Steve knows what we're talking about. Bring us back. So, bring us back, bring we'll us back to where well, we were. So, so the, the principle that comes that the guy that the author of the book talks about is you Pretty can either say, that sounds hard and I'm going to ignore it, or you can say, that sounds hard and I'm going to take the first step to eventually understand it well, like and the first be step more in self-sufficient. And so the, 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 the co-op guy in his talk was talking about, you know, the games that he had made and stuff, but he was also talking about how he didn't put Quop on like a standard Flash portal that you know is owned and run by somebody else, and they get all the ad revenue and all that that stuff. He just made his own website, and he put one game on it, and then another, and another, until he basically had his own you know collection of games. And he has to deal with all the bandwidth stuff and all the server backend and stuff. And but he was arguing for why there are a lot of advantages to that because you're not giving somebody else all the profit for the, the games that you're making and, and you actually get credit as an individual. And he put up this list of basically why people don't do that. And it was all like, 
it's hard. I don't know how, you know, like, and, right. and he, he forced and he himself to learn. It. Yeah. And he was basically like, yeah, it is hard. And I didn't know how either, but there are all these advantages to being self-sufficient as someone making web content. Um, and, and I thought it was, it was, it, it reminded me of that at the time. So bringing it back up just was interesting. The indie game summit is super businessy apparently. I didn't find that to be the case. Well, I know just the three things you've brought up have been, uh, been about that sort have been of stuff. more about like how, promotion, promotions and promotions sales. Like oh, yeah, but the co-op thing doesn't. I mean, no, I mean that, that was entirely that was one like a philosophical thing, though. He didn't yeah. go into actually the logistics of any of that stuff. It was he did show a lot of graphs of like people playing different games over time, and that's true compared to it was like, a, it was a small portion of yeah, the yeah. Well, I mean, and there was that that other talk. Did were you there for the guy talking about like? being an indie developer without going insane. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty much all mm -hmm. business. Most quality of life stuff. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's that's cool, no, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it was, you actually, can go... I like, I like that talk. Yeah, you can go there and you can just talk about a bunch of high-level, you know, creative stuff, or you can go to the Indie Game Summit and talk about how to actually be successful with the game ideas that you have. And yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're both really well-represented. I've been impressed so far, so... Mm -hmm. And you're Two, Nick. Five, <laughs> <laughs> five so, minutes of talking about uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance makes me really happy that we were going to do a book podcast. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. excited. Oh my really gosh, I'm so excited. Do you guys have a good name for it? Yet? No. Uh, book podcast. Oh, booking, cot potting. Well, it's it's book podcast. Reading. A book, book podcast. <laughs> 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 book cool, book game, book cool game. gold. Oh, terrible. Nick Brecken. Cool. Yeah, no, that is what it's called, though. It's called oh. Cool Cool Book, a book <laughs> podcast. <laughs> a podcast for readers. We haven't even, it's so funny, we haven't even really started talking about what we're going to call it. No. If you guys well, have any it's ideas. probably book gold, gold <laughs> cast. I, I want you to send me one idea a day. It's on I am, I am our email. I'm, I'm just going to use that. Web form that the, you made. The Jeff Goldblum <laughs> generator? Yeah, just replace one board with book. <laughs> That's each fine. Each time. You might find something in there. Book Blast Bart Gold? <laughs> Bart. So, I don't know. One of the, the, one of the guys on NeoGAF made a Goldblum generator and the word Bart was added in it, which is not canonical. No, I don't know. Term. We're really big on canon here. <laughs> Bloom yeah. term? Mm -hmm. TM? Yeah. What the fuck have you Nick, been up yeah, to, Yeah, I was going to say, Nick, what are you up I was exactly just going to ask that. Thank you, Steve. You guys are so on the same wavelength tonight. This is, in, this is fascinating to me. Stop being fascinated. No, I don't. Stop stroking your beard. Stop stroking. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I've been at Bethesda Softworks with the soft games. Making, <laughs> making... You've heard that the more you play with them, the bigger they get? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that fact or fiction? That you is, know what blew me away? That is an official... Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the that before Epic Games uh, moved, when they were in Rockville, Maryland, they were called Potomac Computer Games, which blew me away <laughs> when I learned this, because there is a reality where Bethesda Softworks could exist next to Potom Potomac Computer Games, which is just like... <laughs> It's really sad. Really that that nice. I think Potomac. I can't even say. I know it's Potomac, really hard to say. Potomac, Potomac computer games. games. It is a fantastic like name, though. It's really Guys, good. We need we need a new name. Epic Mega Games. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Potomac computer games sounds too much like. Well, that is that is that's really good because yeah. well because Epic Mega Games. I until Nick told me that I I assumed their first name was Epic Mega Games, which you can easily imagine some like we need to move whatever yeah. Yeah, just coming up with as yeah. the first thing out of nowhere. Just right. oh man, I'm gonna. You know, he starts making the bagged discs in his <laughs> right, bedroom but, and he writes Epic Mega Games. Potomac computer games. I know. 
We sound way too much like a mid. 80s computer game company. We need to sound like, like something British, of this yeah. era. Right, so yeah. let's call ourselves Epic Mega Games. <laughs> Timeless. <laughs> and then a few years later, oh man, we sound like, you know. I, I had no idea when did they, they drop were... the Mega Games? Like late 90s. Uh, 3D. No, it was. From 2000, maybe. Yeah, it was post. Because the first Unreal was an epic mega game, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, play the first Unreal. The first I didn't play well, Unreal. Uh, like the, the Unreal Tournament Real. games were mega games as well. Oh, I think, they were? I think they, I think they dropped it pretty shortly before Gears. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like 2004 or 5. Maybe they faded wow. it out of existence. Yeah. Because I remember. The mega game slowly decreases yeah. in the logo. It's still yeah. actually there. Some, but they're probably still registered as that. I'm sure that somebody could look it up on fucking Wikipedia. Right now, and we could discover no, it. I think we should keep arguing it's clearly about it. Based, based on, on the nothing. tradition of names, though, it clearly the 80s was the Potomac computer games, right? The 90s, 90s is epic mega games, and they're like 2000s, just yeah. epic now, 2000s, yeah. And now they're gonna be called EG or something, <laughs> or just like a delta sign with a thing, yeah. It's gonna yeah. be epic apps. <laughs> there is a it'll just be E with like a winking emoticon, like a D smiley face. Ugh. What? I saw a giant <laughs> version of Infinity Blade in a photograph. About... What does that mean? A giant you're, version? Are you, you're I saw... high right now. <laughs> 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 I was trying to bring it back to GC. Let's just move on. In, in a photograph. photograph. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Do you Think internet? I'd anyway, say internet. Have you no, there's nowhere I was going. Nowhere I was at. I was fishing for. It's cool that you saw that giant yeah. picture in a photograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of infinity blade. You want to talk about Dota? Were your hands like? Oh man! Oh, Nick right and Sean are in the same room now, and they can uh, talk about. Dota. I, I played Dota last night with. Did uh, you really? With a, a reader, actually. You took uh, Nick's yeah. advice. A, a reader who oh who aped uh, something from the progress cast is his Steam handle uh, Throaty Timber. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nick Herman from Telltale, a friend of Nick Herman, and then a pickup guy, and I said this last night to you guys, but those guys took such good care of me. They're like, Lich, Lich, Lich. Maybe you don't want to stand there, Lich. Maybe. <laughs> Move back. Hey, Lich, Lich. Uh, use your chain frost. I'm glad they uh, referred to you as Lich. No, that, that, everybody does that. That's, 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 that's like, every, These are people who know day. me as a person. Like, Lich, uh, hey. I hey, noticed, Demon Knight. Hey, Demon Knight. I it's noticed like, you uh, have 5,000 gold. Uh, hey. And look, it was the complete <laughs> opposite of what you would expect from a, the Dota community. Right. Just so, just, like, so It was baby's first Dota. It was so nice. <laughs> They were so yeah, we were very we won. It they was were, great. They were just we such, played a good they were team just such too. Giving partners. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I felt like the nicer they were to me, the more they just wanted to call me a slur. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like I felt like just nicer. The other you, the other shoe was just getting ratcheted. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Yeah. So when it finally falls, it's plummeting eighty stories. Exactly. That's your exactly head. It'll actually just it be felt. silently banned at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oof. And you were texting me and Steve, you were texting and calling me at the time. <laughs> and I was trying call. and I was trying to cook dinner. I was like, oh, okay, oh, I came home oh, and I was like, I see good impression. Hey Lich, hey Lich, maybe you want to spend a bit of that money. Phone <laughs> pot bubbling over on the stove. <laughs> oh my really god. Hard choice. Because I was at the office and then Nick Herman was there and I, he, I was like, hey Nick, have a little dota a little while when I get home. Like, I'm gonna need to chill out before I go out and I wanna eat some dinner and I just wanna decompress before yeah, I go. Yeah, because Dota's Steve. a total chill. I want to decompress yeah, yeah, the most stressful game I can think of. Yeah, and now I've got a my wrist hurts. 
Did you said you had a, a you? Oh my god! Do you yeah, I had, Dota, I had a Dota hand. I, oh, yeah, Dota I, hand. I had literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It put me out of action for like a week. Like, I, I went, yeah, I could, it really I, hurts. I went to the wait. Like, how did why? Because it's last, like, is it really? Oh, you have to click constantly. You have to click constantly. Yeah, okay, That's yeah. part of the strategy is clicking constantly. So you're but not, yeah. it's not just clicking constantly. Seriously, though, so your like, guy doesn't like, accidentally kill something at a time. My new micro movements with the mouse though, because you have to move the screen with 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 mouse, you know, to the edge of the screen. You can't you can't really use the keyboard because you're left. Yeah. has to be on hotkeys. So right. You're doing all these micro movements and then clicking like a thousand times per minute and it's just like it translates into just God, this like He says hell. like a thousand <laughs> times per minute. No, it's really fun it, actually. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's, no, no, it's no. Kidding. He says like a thousand times per minute. I bet you click a thousand times per minute. Uh, some people probably I do. bet people are just like, yeah. 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 It is. I, I, I mean, I don't know. People like it. I've never played it. Uh-oh. I've never heard you anything. Play, you I've play never Mar- heard anything that sounds attractive about this game on <laughs> any level. Not because I just heard, yeah, everybody's gonna call you all the worst names and say you're a piece of shit and you're gonna lose constantly. And now it's like, oh yeah, and you'll be physically deformed and mangled by it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so really, it's really up. good. <laughs> Do you play multi games ever? Uh, I I've, I play uh, like co-op stuff. I mean, I, I've I've had. <laughs> Or like competitive uh, multi. We played a bunch of Brink when that came out. I've, okay. I've had phases where I've done straight really up like co-op what you think or about this game. co-op multi or, or just like competitive stuff. Like I was into like Gears of War 1 competitive mm-hmm. for a while and like Counter-Strike and stuff. But it's always just a phase. Like I I'm, yeah. I never stick with anything for very long. It's uh, very, I, I'm prob- My phases may be longer than yours, but I'm it's the same way. We'll see. But I'm in deep with Dota right now. You're just gonna have a fucking bloody stump for a right hand. <laughs> I had this dream. I went to bed. Just picturing like after, 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 like after bursting out. out of your fucking skin horribly. <laughs> I had a dream that my thumb was deformed. Actually, I had a dream last night that my thumb was deformed and somebody kept throwing me a football that I couldn't catch. <laughs> hey, Lich, catch the ball, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> hey, Lich. <laughs> uh, can't do it. Okay. I gotta make pasta. <laughs> hey, Lich. <laughs> The football would hit me in the face because my thumb wouldn't open enough, and then I woke up. My wrist was really hurting. It was a Dota. In your dream, you were you were. Well, I think I went to sleep, and I was starting to get wrist inflammation from playing Dota. And then in my dream, my body interpreted that as your wrist. I'm going to just manifest that into a dream where a guy's throwing a football at your face and you can't catch it, and it kept hitting me in the face. And then the earthquake woke me up. That's just like playing Dota. In real it's life. Like in real life. Just so hit I the experienced face. the earthquake, which sucked, and then my wrist hurt for the rest of the day. So, Dota. In play conclusion, it. play it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty great. Have fun. What What's your hero? What do you play? Uh, I play Lena. Yeah. What's What's Lena's deal? She She just She has a super powerful nuke. Oh God. No, go, I go, go. Yeah, no, she's, I'm here. She's I'm, a ganker, I'm, I'm you know, you. she ganks. You have to wander around and, like, you know, I mean, it's such, it's like, it's it's basically a really easy hero to get into, like, initially. What the then, hell happened to you, Nick? Come on, you're so sad. It's really an easy hero. It's fine. Oh, no, she's ganks. <laughs> she's got this new Well, I'm guess. trying to branch out, but I, then just, I always fall back on Lena because right. I just, I want to be good, you know, but I, yeah. I try and you try and diversify. Yeah. One, and you one, lose. one competitive game that I do play and I've spent some time playing is Street Fighter. And that's, and that, I'm just saying this because yeah, it reminds it's, me it's of similar. like, all, you, pick, you have your one guy. Like, really I can only play you, quarter yeah. circle characters and like I have like two or three characters that I'm pretty good with and I'll be like, I'll try. <laughs> Chun Li or something, and I'm like, oh nope. <laughs> I'll just go back to the thing that I can kind of win sometimes with. Yeah. Well, JP, you know, we were hanging out with JP last night, and he was saying he was basically asking JP LeBreton in front of the show. JP LeBreton, right? Uh, he works at Double Fine. He was on the show uh, before once, and um, he and I used to work together too. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And um, he was saying 
So what do I actually have to do? What steps should I take oh, yeah, if I actually want to become good at StarCraft II? Mm-hmm. What should I actually do? And it's actually a really difficult question to answer. And I, you know, and yeah. um, you know, in the in the case of that game in particular, I mean, I actually recommended um, what Nick and I did. We, Nick and I for several months actually pretty much played that game every night together, but two v two. So it, you you aren't just kind of con- just constantly, repeatedly throwing yourself into the grinder just to get spit out again in one v one. But the other, uh, you know, the other the reason I bring it up in, in with respect to what you guys were talking about is that when I um, play that game, I, I really have only ever played a pro- as Protoss. At least in multiplayer. In single player, it, it's easy. It doesn't make any difference. But in multiplayer, I've only ever played a Protoss. And so whenever I choose a different race, it is, it, it's just a massacre. Like, I just, I'm like, I'm like a baby. I'm a child. Uh, because <laughs> Nick and I got to the point, we were, what did we get up to? Like, silver? Gold? We, we, I think no, we, we maxed the diamond or platinum. Yeah, 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 we, we had the top were, tier. I remember tracking via Twitter. Yeah. You guys were really good. And so, right. And so we got yeah, to the point where, like, on, a fun, on, a, on at least a, a, yeah, a, a, a fundamental level, I, <laughs> I understood the mechanics of that game really well, right? I mean, yeah. like, relative to. Well, the other thing we were doing average, was watching professional play. No, we were constantly watching, which... watching professional play and commentary. But what I'm saying is, and, even, and in those cases, I was watching, obviously, every matchup you could think of. Turn versus turn, turn versus turn, turn versus Protoss, blah, 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 every combination. And I would play the game. I understood how all it works. I, I understood what would happen when an opponent was playing Terran, and he would attack, and this and that. And yet, any time I tried to play anything other than Protoss, I mean, I, I might as well just have never heard of StarCraft before. Yeah. Like, it, it, w- it would have made no difference if I had any experience with StarCraft at all. That's how alien it felt. And so when someone like JP, when he says, what do I do to get good at StarCraft? I remember what it's like when I play a race that isn't Protoss, and then I'm and I'm just oh my god! I've gotten to Platinum League and I don't even know how I would start learning. At this <laughs> race. Like, what can I possibly tell this guy who's, yeah. who doesn't even play, who's never even played StarCraft to begin with? Right. It's just impossible. Yeah. I feel like the only reason I even have a, ch- I even was able to become decent in StarCraft is because I played StarCraft One back when I was in college. You know, when that game when that game was was more current and and. Uh, I mean, it's almost like like learning a language or being good at drawing or something. Whereas, like, in a lot of cases, like, all right, hey, I'm, uh, you know, 30. Right. Well, how, how do I learn Italian? I step one. Start talking to Italian people when you were eight. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, you know? Or just be ready to kill yourself for yeah. years. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. You're going to... Yeah, gonna... or, or pretend you're eight now and right. get ready to be good at Italian in about 10 years. Yeah. It's well, an opportunity... It's also something I brought up to JP. Yeah. It's, a bi- it's, it's a big opportunity cost issue. You wrote an email? Thing like that? No, I brought it up. Oh. He was sitting there. I sent a missive were, about I, I thought, I thought you said something I wrote up to JP and I'm like, this continued. After. <laughs> and this is the thing that actually has made me really self-conscious is that around the time I started playing Dota, Jake started playing the banjo. And now Jake can play the banjo a little bit. And I hear him like in his room and it sounds like music. And I'm just getting called a faggot by a stranger. <laughs> so, you know, you have to pick wisely. <laughs> Yeah, well, because some, on some level, the main part of the answer to that question is spend a fuckload of time playing yeah. StarCraft. Right, yeah. And yeah, it's like, right. or Dota, or whatever. And it's like, well, you can get good at an instrument or a video game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but unless you have twice as much time, it's not going to be both. Yeah. It, there was an interesting, like, the, the way that you, that you described it to him was like, take everything that matters to you in your life and put it on a table 
and just say, which one of these am I going to delete and replace with StarCraft? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a pretty good, it's a, I mean, it's a sacrifice. Like, what yeah. do I spend time on? Hopefully, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I do spend two hours a night just watching reality TV. I guess I'll swap that out. <laughs> yeah. otherwise... That's an acceptable StarCraft yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. swap. Yeah. Quap swap. I do have this job. Quap, Quap does fit <laughs> in the category of, you want to get good at Quap? All right, make your list. Which you, you know. guys did. <laughs> yep. But I'll always have that. I'll always have that Quap facility. You know, that's something that'll stick That'll come back. Yeah. That'll pay dividends. Every, every few months, I actually load up Quap just to make sure I've still got it. Still got it, really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, is, you, it, is, is it like riding, riding a bike? It's not quite like riding a bike, but what I can... What if they made a Quap? It's not at all like riding a bike. No, but what if they made a Quap that you had to ride a bike? No, 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 but I can still... Think about it. After a couple tries, I can't tell if after, I am thinking about the realm of satire here, or no, no, I'm being serious. Like after a couple tries, I can get up to about sixty meters or so just after a few tries. <laughs> Do you I mean, get far enough that you can hear the music? I remember talking about clobbers. Is that like, is that, <laughs> you, you, I get up to sixty meters. You play until you start hearing the little tinkling of the chariots of fire song, and like still got it, still got it. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It down, like, once I get to the point where I can get a few dozen meters, I'm yeah. like, all right, cool, I still got this. I'm like, yeah, I'm good for another few months. With your schedule, Nate, do you play? Are you playing games much, or is it pretty much Dota and Softworks? Uh, I, I wasn't playing games much around like Skyrim launch, but now I'm sort of catching up. Mm -hmm. Not did really you, catching up, just playing old Did you guys games. just stop playing StarCraft? Because you were playing in a fuck ton yeah, for a while, well, and you got really sad. We just stopped. Like, it was that. in sync. It, was, it, it wasn't was just even one of those things where it was like, alright, It was just one enough. night, neither of us said, hey, you want to play StarCraft. Yeah. And, and we just it. never played it. We have not played yeah. it since. That sounds like a lot of people's experience with like... World of Warcraft or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I was obsessed with it for years and I was just like, nope, yep. and never touched it again. Yep. But I mean, I think an answer to that question, like how do you get good at things, well, like you play with somebody who makes the learning process fun anyway. Right, exactly. Like, that's I mean, really the solution. We were, that was after the point where you'd moved to this side of the country and so we didn't live in proximity to yeah. each other anymore. Well, that was actually when I was in Boston. So I was in Boston and you were in Maryland. Yeah, and so that was really like for that period of time, that was a big, pretty big part of how we stayed in contact. Was yeah. just we would, well, and you guys were on there, same we, time zone and everything. Yeah, same time zone. We had voice chat, and so it was actually, I mean, it was really fun, even though we haven't done it in a while. But it, that was actually really, I enjoyed that a lot, a great deal. Yeah, um, and we we got really good. I mean, we actually got yeah. way up there. In the, in the, I mean, there were <laughs> we'd enter long stretches of time where we would just be sitting at number one in our league for ages, or we'd be at the very bottom and end up in some weird like. The nether, math of nether that realm bracket system of, was Yeah, where the miserable. math just would not allow us to get, no matter what. Um, but it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a good experience of actually feeling like I was getting better at something, even if it's a worthless thing, uh, and also just hanging out with a friend. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, there, there aren't a lot of things that, there aren't a lot of activities that, well, I guess on some level, that people, that, that that's true of you know like I'm thinking of like well, especially when, when you're especially kid, purely recreational activities. yeah well I'm thinking like when you're like if you're if you're a kid and you hang out with your friends and you like skateboard while you hang out it's like mm -hmm. oh yeah now we can do way more sweet skate tricks yeah. and also we hung out you know like which is interesting because in a lot of cases you hang out with somebody it's just like yep we went to a bar right we talked yeah. and then we went home you know and, and that's yeah. that, or, obviously it's good but. <laughs> I like. I know. Sorry, I was gonna. I was gonna be mean, but I'm not. <laughs> or you hang out with your do. friends and talk, and then you get podcast no. that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was just going to self-awarely say that it was. It's amusing that your adult example is two people sitting at PCs, controlling science fiction alien <laughs> armies, <laughs> uh, in uh, epic battle. It's cool. 
But there is a dearth of things like that that you can hang out and get better at something. I mean, you know, yeah. there are, like, I mean, it, other than, like, there's sort of, like, hobby sport communities of, like, people who all go to the same rock climbing gym or, like, yeah. yoga. Or, or you can go like golfing this. together yeah. or whatever, but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> or you can, you know, call your friend a lich all yeah. the time. Lich, yeah. my hey, hey, lich. Hey, lich. <laughs> If Nick starts calling me Lich at the office, that's the line. That's when I'm out of Dota. <laughs> the usage of Lich as a as a name rather than as a noun, yeah. rather than saying a Lich, like it the took fact you that a while just, for you to get your head around it. It really did. So what's his name? Lich. Well, I understand he's a there Lich. There are a lot of heroes like that. There's Drow. Oh, what's the what's the other one that? There is just wizard and guy, like right, like not guy. <laughs> it's also just wizard and guy. <laughs> oh, wizard and guy. Wizard and guy. Wizard and guy. I mean, that's a really alternately wizard and guy. That's what that was my initial. That was my first. Yeah, in is actually an I short for ing. Right. But creatively, that game has, it feels like the creative content of Dota, they decided to just say fuck it and not put up any sort of rules for how they're going to name people, the tone in which that character is going to be presented. Some guys are just hardcore, like, bloody monsters, and other people are jokey idiots, like, from a Saturday morning cartoon. They just really seem to not care. Well, that's something that I really associate with Modern Era Blizzard, which that game is directly evolved from. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's actually something that I, I, I don't like about World of Warcraft is... It's just how completely all over the place it's and totally schizophrenic. Yeah, is. right. Yeah, that was basically just Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly correct. But yeah. there, yeah, it's weird. Well, what's weird about it is that they don't always translate. I mean, like, there's a huge demon guy, but he can just be like, you know, complete garbage. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you'd expect like, a the... huge demon guy to be. Super well, cool. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> to an extent. Then, like, I mean, they don't represent anything right. about what they actually are. I mean, they're yeah. just. It's just a avatar. Yeah, well, games have that. Games have that problem all over the place. You know, like you'll be playing a fucking, I don't know, I don't know if this is still true, but I'm sure I suspect it is. Final Fantasy game where yeah. some guy has some attack where it's just he fucking leaps into the area yeah, ten yeah. times and has fourteen javelins that he stabs into the other guy's eye, and then it's like Miss. fourteen points of damage, and the guy just Miss, like yeah. boop, boop, boop. it's right. just you know that shit's just yeah. all over the place in video games. It's absurd. Yeah. Is it? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I agree with Chris. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm also playing Super Black Bass on a Super NES. <laughs> what? You've been wanting to talk about Super oh, Black Bass for multiple maybe episodes. Maybe i back. Gosh, it's... What happened, Nick? Huh? I just remember I'm replaying Super Metroid right now. Oh, so oh I'm so also playing Super Metroid. Really? Yeah. And Sean's playing Super Black Bass. <laughs> <laughs> First, I want to talk about Super Black Bass for a second. <laughs> okay. Because, oh, go ahead. yeah, we, you had a great observation, which I was thought was incredibly, yeah. Wow, I don't remember what that was. You don't? <laughs> when I was, so here's I was just excited <laughs> by the fact that it had Mode 7 graphics. Oh, it does have Mode 7. Yeah, it's really when you, when you well, cast, when you, yeah, but when you cast the lure, it's this actual, like, first-person lure cam oh, where the Mode whoa, 7, like, goes yeah. up into the lake. It's awesome. It that looks really awesome. nice. It's really, well, it's it's really good use of Mode 7. I, the 7th so mode. For a fishing game. When I, when I was in, like, whenever that game came out, I was in, like, the second grade. And uh, my dad's really like a sportsman outdoors guy, and therefore, all my buddies, our dads knew each other, or they worked together, so they were all the same type of guy. So eventually, somebody was purchased Super Black Bass as a present because we'd have to go fishing with their dads. And I actually grew up and loved to fish and still fish. Anyway, we all became obsessed with the game because catching a fish is really hard in the game, especially when you're eight. So. 
it was a triumph. I remember this kid Scotty called me. I caught a fish. I caught a fish. Because <laughs> we would play this game for hours yeah. and not be able to catch fish. And uh, I probably put 40, 50 hours into the game. And then I've now, with my adult brain, realized that each lake is actually just a level and there's probably 10 lakes, but I never got past the second lake. So yeah. now with my adult faculties, I'm incredibly excited to see how deep this game goes. Yeah. So I sit down to play Super Black Bass when I realize that it's just been sitting on our Mac Mini for six months. And I'm playing for a while, and I look over at Jake, who's just really inspecting the UI and sort of the execution of the game. And I can't remember exactly the sentence you said, but it was like, somebody really cared about this game. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's a really well-crafted game. Sure. Like, just from a... Like there's, they didn't. It doesn't feel like a lot of corners were cut. Well, also, it's a Super Nintendo game, so it's kind of on the cusp of this. But it is, it's got the weird like when DOS was not the only operating system you could end up having running on your computer, and people made weird simulation games. Uh, Super Black Bass. It's a, it's an SNES game, but it is like, all right, now I'm in the lake mode where I'm steering my boat around. Okay, now I'm in the part where the guy swings the reel back and forth. It's just a completely different screen, completely different art, completely different UI treatment, completely different controls. Okay, now the lure is flying into the lake, also completely different. Okay, now we've cut to the camera where the lure is sitting in the lake, and it's like, what is this? Like, uh, no one, no one like, makes anything yeah, like that anymore. Like it's it's really hilarious. Game, yeah. yeah, there's six modes, but it is just, you and throw like, a string with a thing onto it into the water, and then a fish bites it. But it is like, just um, like, it's... Major Havoc, did you ever play that? No. Or Major Havoc game? is really cool. Major well, Havoc is interesting. Like, it's a vector-based... It's like 1981. Game. Yeah, it's really early, and it starts off when you're you're in space and you're shooting asteroids and stuff, right? And it, then it, it's it's sort of a little bit reminiscent of like Tempest. You yeah, don't go around right. in a circle, but it's perspective like yeah. that, and asteroids are coming towards you. And then and then if you successfully complete uh, that mode, it seamlessly goes into this this sequence where you have to land the craft on a base, but because it's vector. Your ship just smoothly transitions from between exactly just yeah. tweens right into from this perspective mode into a straight ahead two D like a side side, side, side view, view and it and and then you land on the thing and it's kind and, of like a moon lander you land yeah exactly on the like a, a sort of inertia based landing yeah. thing and then your guy jumps out and it this is all in, seamless and it, it zooms in further because yeah. now it's like man scale instead of exactly. spaceship scale and and it zooms into your guy and then your man guy scale. is in this base and then it's just sort of a 2D side-scrolling platformer thing inside the space where you're running around with a guy. And all of this stuff, there's and, never and, any cut. There's yeah, never, and, and like, it's like you go into the base and you have to like hit the self-destruct and come back out. And mm -hmm. you come back out and you get back in the spaceship and then it just and zooms, zooms out and it just again, goes yeah. back out into space completely yeah. seamlessly, no cut. That's it's pretty really much the flow incredible. of Super Black Bass. Yeah, almost <laughs> exactly. When the guy goes into the spaceship. Right, and you're shooting the asteroids and then they catch a bluegill. Yeah, it's pretty... It, it this bluegill is small for this lake. And you bomb. That that's some. I mean, that's something that is interesting. Replaying or playing for the first time games from that. Well, I guess more replaying games that you played when you were that age. Right. And now you have the perspective to be like, oh, these are levels, and there's gating where right. I have to figure. I have to hit this goal to get to the next level, and so which you had no context for when no, you, you were just had no eight. You're like, oh, this yeah, is yeah. fishing. <laughs> right. uh, it was just a blind squirrel trying yeah. to find his. You know, and you find a nut, and then you yeah, go again. Because I'll you know I'll place the, like a, a on virtual console. For the Wii, I played like the original Legend of Zelda and uh, mm -hmm. and Link to the Past and Super Metroid, 
and like the structure of it and the progression of it yeah. is super clear. It's like, okay, I do this to get to here to get to this to get. But, but as a kid, you're like, I'm in a world and yeah. I have to do something, and maybe yeah. it's yeah, the thing that I, I, you're I like, know. Well, you're like, what is this? Thing? <laughs> I guess I'll go over here now, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like in a lot of cases, for games that weren't super linear, like when I was growing up, I played like. Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario 2 and, like, Contra and stuff. And it's like, okay, go to the right, you know. Right, like, yeah. Um, Lock a man in the direction that you right. read. Yeah, and so those, it's clear, like, okay, you go forward and then you finish the game. But other stuff that's more open, I just remember playing it and not making any progress. Right. You're just yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. just go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Castlevania you know? games are the exact same thing. And, and it's like, maybe you do find a dungeon and you're like, I guess there's a dungeon in here, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> but you, you can't project far enough ahead to be like, oh, this is one dungeon of eight. So exactly. Here to yeah. go there, to go yeah. there, and then I'll finish the game. Well, Super Metroid is mind-blowing in regards to that. Like, it, like, you'll just walk past dungeons that are just meant for, like, five hours down the line. Yep. And as a kid, you're just like, I, I know I was. I was, like, looking at that, like, how do I get to that? Right. You, like, how do I go through that glass that's just going to be broken with a bomb that I get six hours from now? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it, just playing it now is just my... It's just, I don't understand, like, how... But it actually works, like, because it, you know, you do backtrack, and then when you're backtracking, you see the thing, like, you know, you solve yeah. the puzzle that solves the other thing. I mean, it actually, super, it's Super fairly Metroid coherent. But genius. I had never yeah. played Super Metroid as a kid. I played the original Metroid I, for I a little bit, but I couldn't. I just couldn't get into it. I played Zelda and Mario to to all hell, but playing Super Metroid now, that game is just destroying my brain. But mm-hmm. not like the structure of it is amazing. Like Structure's obviously, amazing. you can tell where what everyone rips off, but also. Like the art is amazingly good for a Super Nintendo. Yeah. And yeah. like oh just the very it's, beginning it's when you're escaping from the base and he oh, starts just tipping. But the, the tone of it is the also tone. it's the tone yeah. of it for a Nintendo first party oh. game for the Super Nintendo is ridiculous. Yeah. Then like the music for, um, for yeah. Jesus Christ. That whole Nintendo first party thing for any generation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah but even it's another like, time. I mean Metroid Prime, I think kinda. Yeah. You can put it as a contemporary though to Super Mario World and Link to the Past and then be like Super oh, Metroid. Like that the game just opens with a shattered science facility and two corpses on the ground. Yeah. That's still one of the yeah. absolute, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the absolute best game introductions ever. It definitely ever. is. I mean, ever. Yeah. It's Where it just incredible. says Nintendo and it's then away, Metroid 3. Too, yeah. is, it's so good. God, it's incredible. There, there's a place pretty early on, one of, right before one of the first major boss battles, where you you finally sort of get into the weird organic uh, sort of place where it's not just a, a rotted dead planet or a dead ship, but it starts having sort of weird bubbly, creepy shit. Yeah. And there's some fangs and stuff, and it's weird. But then you you see this just sort of collection of pixels, and you don't know what it is. And then you walk down as close to it, and then it turns out that it's a bunch of bugs who then like yes. all crawl right. off, crawl out of the screen, yeah, and then there's yeah. just the body of a, of a previous bounty hunter there. And then yeah. Like, <laughs> like silent, passive environmental storytelling of yeah. that caliber in a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo game just f- crushed yeah. my brain. Like, yeah. it's I, truly unbelievable. I yeah. restored. I was playing I, an emulator, and I just went, went back and played through that again because yeah. it's like, what is this? I oh didn't. My God. I didn't play that game when I was growing up either. For like, I had Super Nintendo. I just yeah. whatever. It's just yeah. you know, you can only buy so many games when you're a kid. And yeah, I I played. I did a full playthrough of it for the first time when I was working on Bioshock Two, and like. Fucking blown away. Did yeah, anybody like, here play that game when they were a kid on the Super NES? I did. Yeah. You did. I think I, I think I pre-ordered it. Oh wow! Yeah. See, I, and well, I, I, I it, was, it wasn't even yeah. on my radar. And, and at the time, I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew Super Metroid existed even because I yeah. like I was a huge Nintendo dork. I definitely knew it did because I had a Nintendo Power subscription, but it was mm. just like. I never got around to it, yep. you know. And and right. having played it when I was twenty seven or something, I was like pissed that I didn't play yep. it. When yeah, I was exactly. Like, Why didn't well, I what's, have this? What's funny is that I didn't. I mean, you know, as you guys know, I didn't have consoles growing up, so I played that game in a, an odd time, which is when I was in high school. Um, 
I that's when I, that was really the first time I kind of made the conscious decision to like go back and play earlier console stuff that I just never experienced before. Yeah. And I played that game. And what's really almost like shameful when I think about it is that my experience you playing ass. yeah my experience <laughs> playing Super Metroid that time, which was you know the first time I'd ever played it, was totally. It was just totally bland. Like, I mean, it was great. It was awesome. I thought it was incredible. But just for purely mechanical read, like, I just, I engaged with that game on an entirely mechanical level. Where you're like, level. sweet, I got a thing that shoots three lasers exactly. now. Exactly. I was just, I, I was old. <laughs> Which I, is fucking sweet. Right. No, I know. But I mean, I, I played enough, enough games, like, even coming from a PC background, like, I played enough games to just intuit all of the, all of the structural elements of it in a way that, you know, a kid maybe wouldn't. Uh, but I wasn't really probably giving it like the I don't know emotional or just sort of atmospheric do that it deserved. I was just looking at it entirely as as a mechanical experience and playing yeah. through it. And You're looking at it kind of in a d- detached way. Exactly, it's very detached. That's exactly correct. And also, I was playing it at school, like in the computer lab. So oh. it was well, not I mean, a that good doesn't ex- help. Right, right? exactly. It, it really wasn't a good environment. To, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a good environment mm-hmm. to play it. But so then that made it all the more. It's pretty hessy in your computer lab. No, it was on just on an emulator. Oh, so the um, you pirated Super Metroid, <laughs> and so you know playing you were a it, space pirate. <laughs> playing it later was like, all, <laughs> oh man, nice. <laughs> it was just all the more shocking to me, I guess, because I I had played it sort of past the age where I I had started thinking about games in a more critical way. Like that was at the time I was playing games like Thief, which were you know I really actually spent a lot of time thinking about it in a, in a more critical way. But that one just for some reason it didn't hit me in that one in that in that particular. But the second um, playthrough. The second playthrough just fucking killed me. I couldn't even believe it. It was incredible. It was the same yeah. reaction all you guys described, right? It was just I was noticing those little details left and right, and just especially that introductory sequence. I remember just really hit me hard. Yep. That whole the whole beginning, just when the ship lands on the planet and then it's just raining and there's no music and there's no music at all until the you get like three levels music. deep. Just is it's yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I mean, that also that's a bold choice. Yeah, just, yeah. there's it's, nothing. It's there's so no crazy because like, like, we're, we're talking about all the tone and aesthetics of that game, but also just structurally and mechanically, that game is out of control. Oh, so yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. good work, Super Metroid. Good work, Nintendo. <laughs> Whichever group that is. Yeah, I think Super it's Black R&D Bass came out the same week as Super Metroid, so that's so your oh, game was Super Black Bass. Yeah, I was. Oh, I thought, you were, I thought you were saying, oh, so that's why Super Black Bass got overshadowed a little bit. You know, otherwise, it would be a classic. Well, it's like, did you guys ever see the Mega64 video about how Cabela comes out the same week as the new Halo game? And all the Cabela developers are just like, what the fuck is this? And they're calling up the GameStop and wondering why their game isn't getting the big stand-up. Sean was the guy. So like the one guy who went into the GameStop. Um, do you guys have Super Black Bass? <laughs> it's like, I f- hold on, let me look under these four thousand copies. Yeah, exactly. Let me look under these already returned used copies of Super Metroid. That, I can't appreciate. That's I do appre- I appreciate the game mechanically so. Like you talking about Super Black Bass? <laughs> Seriously, no, it's cool. Do it. The thing is about that game is it makes me want to bump into the lead programmer in an airport and just have a twenty-minute. Yeah. 20 hour conversation. Well, because that, that guy would fucking die. Well, like, because you'd be like, just... dude, super black bass? <laughs> I have your super black bass t shirt on. You had the full, like, that was a full man. If you had the brown vest that said Bassin on the back. <laughs> Fisherman's no, got a brown no, vest. We're talking about that. We're talking oh, about if we could somehow figure out a way to license 
super black bass through idle thumbs and then get the official super black Make bass, the bass and bass and yeah. bassin on the back. It's fucking cool. <laughs> you would dig it, Steve. You'd really like it. I am wearing a vest today. If that said bassin on the back and was brown, that would be it. <laughs> So we can make that happen. I'll work on We can that. fold it inside out, it looks like. Anyway, the thing is, is you have like 12 lures that you can then expand to 25. Oh, I think it's 12 lords. Lures. Yeah. <laughs> lures. But, oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> so here's the thing about Super Black Bass. You've got 12 lures. There's it's some, there's some, okay. You have to so go to a dungeon it's on a day -night to get cycle. each one. It's, no, it's on a, <laughs> when I was a kid, I did not even fucking realize. It sounds so I dumb like, when I articulate it. just one lord. I feel like a stoned guy in, like, in a dorm <laughs> trying to explain to people why this is good. But it's on a day to night cycle, and the fish care about what time of day it is. Is it a day-night cycle? Yeah, dude, this is intense shit, man. That that is a super, yeah, super black bass. It man. has That's a real shit. time. You start, you only have this much time to catch fish. And they care what time it is, and if it's in the midday, it, the water gets warmer, and they go deeper. And then you have all these lures that either like are surface or or uh, like deep water lures, but they only go to that level of water depending on how you're like manipulating them. So it's like speed in which you reel something in makes things dive up and down. And then you can, it's just like a really complex game, so you can <laughs> figure out all the behaviors for all the things so you have. it's an actual simulation. It's a legit simulation. But it doesn't message any of these things. But that, well, that's, that's which is right. amazing. That's what I was trying to say. That's what like, simulation is all about. It is yeah, the exactly. most. It's yeah. a classic, crazy, supermodal sim game that you would probably actually play on your like Hercules graphics monitor uh, PC. But it's on Super Nintendo. It's on the same platform yeah, yeah. that you play. Well, stuff like that's really Fucking, interesting when it pops up. I yeah, mean, that's almost how I feel to some degree. It feels like there's a lot of love in the game. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. No, that's actually really cool. Yeah. I mean, that, I find that's also I, it's the thing that Brendan Chung cut out of Adam Zombie Smasher. <laughs> well, it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be in the right game. Yeah, you know, like Adam oh, Zombie Smasher. Like Adam Zombie Smasher. Adam Zombie Smasher. <laughs> well, that game is already a demonically hard game, so I, I can see why. Like, if that game was just the strategy element of it. I think it would be a different. Right, but if Adam Zombie Smasher had come out on the Super Nintendo, it probably would have still had all the crazy stat management. Well, that's how I felt when I played Populous on the Super Nintendo. It was just like, yeah. it just made no sense to me that that was on the Super Nintendo. Dude, and it was it's actually hilarious. All of all of all Frog's the... games from yeah. that era were on the Super Nintendo. I downloaded all Max because I, I, I had no access to it at the time. This was like ten years later, but I downloaded a ROM of Syndicate on the Super Nintendo. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it's fucking weird. Well, that should exactly... it's still isometric and you're still controlling right. a squad, but you're using a Super Nintendo. It actually controller. makes the systems harder for me to understand. Like yeah, that's when exactly they're, how when I they're about filtered through that interface. Games that did the yeah. exact same thing. Right? Sim Life. Yeah, except, except I just remember ball. thinking just that Sim, Sim branded games, because yeah. I only had a Super NES that could run anything, well, I would Super assume that they were bad games because of the way they were like. It was incomprehensible. Right. That well, system. except that Super Nintendo Sim City was good. SNES Sim City was good, but all yeah, I was other, playing too much Sim Earth. All the other ones are insane. <laughs> oh Jesus! Don't play Sim Earth on a Super Nintendo. I definitely <laughs> I didn't rented that Sim Earth. Earth. That's what. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Sim Earth yeah, was crazy. Sim I didn't even know that was on. Console. I played that on the. Yeah. The Mac, Sim Earth was Apple incomprehensible II, to me on PC. So. Uh, that was the one. Yeah, Sim Earth was it the kind of one Maxis game yeah, that I always. that I I could never I could never get. I what played, about Sim Life? What about Streets of Sim City? That wasn't even an actual Maxis game, was it? Well, you get to make a sweet muscle car and drive it around your city and shoot things. <laughs> oh my god, I got that for Christmas one year and I was so excited what about for 20 minutes. Oh no, there's no game, actual Pride. Yeah, Game Pride Simcopter. Yeah, what about that? We talked about that on the oh, podcast. Um, what about Mega Race starring Lance Boyle? Come on, guys. Are you on top of this? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, we're taking a break. So drink some water and pee. Cut that part out, Chris. I'm <laughs> <laughs> taking a break? 
It's yeah. twenty um, an hour twenty four. Yeah, 50. let's. I think this um, might let's take a break. The, the break. the break might last two days. Yeah. <laughs> we've been going for an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. Although this is the longest podcast we've recorded in probably well over a year. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, I don't think last year's GDC cast was. Just I don't remember it being great. But I mean, there's five people on it. <laughs> I don't. I remember that podcast really sucking actually. Sorry. No, it wasn't because of you. Good thing we're ending that podcast down. I think it might have been because of me. I was just really tired. Well, it obviously wasn't because of me because I wasn't at GDC last year. See? There you go. We're cool, bro. Oh, I see. I see what's going on. This is over. I quit. It was actually because of me. Guys, I got a job in Maryland. I got to go. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna do more GDC stuff over the rest of the week. Yeah, you guys are talking uh, about maybe talking to some folks, and we'll just try and get anything yeah. we can get. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna be talking to Nick Brecken for the first time in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be there. He might. Yeah, Nick Brecken might say something. He this might. Week. Yeah. Uh, I'm Nick Brecken. Oh, I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. Uh, I'm, I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. We're Nick Brecken. <laughs> We're all Nick Brecken here. Nick <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thank you, I'm Steve. I'm Nick Brecken. For the, I'm no, Nick, I'm Nick Brecken. Okay. No. Oh, are we done? No, 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 Never no, 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 but no. no we need all this. Who's this guy? <laughs> oh. I'm Nick Brecken. Uh, there wasn't that. Uh, that was an hour twenty six thirty five. Well, it's really There's an hour fifteen since we did the Probably seven minutes of good stuff in there. Yeah. Five of us. How did, how did we go? We did in the, we? the live show. Oh no, but they, we didn't start with five. Because it has to end with Nick. Yeah, we're does it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, well, we could just we could just go clockwise. Just yeah, yeah start with Chris. Yeah, it didn't end. It never ended with Nick. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> Right, but why I'm Nick Brecken and I'm Jake Rodkin. Right, but why I'm Nick I'll tell you exactly where it comes from. Why? This is where it comes from because when you send in that tape. Yeah, it's from your tape. You went, and I'm Nick Brecken. And then I sat there and just said, and I'm Nick Brecken like a thousand times. That's right. That's where it came from. You yourself last on the live to tape Nick Brecken. That's where it comes from. It's not just out of the It's also, you are the person who is a reveal in this cast like oh right <laughs> mm. so we're gonna put in the tiffany roll for sure before <laughs> <laughs> i'm nick brecken anyway uh, welcome <laughs> to gc uh, whatever so how about how about we start with chris and then go clockwise yeah. oh how about we start with chris and go clockwise did someone say that before yes i did fuck we should do a whole <laughs> podcast where somebody suggests <laughs> the last thing that somebody yeah. said wait you know what we, we should, should do a whole podcast <laughs> <that seems to be. laughs> Whoa, that was crazy. Oh. That sounded like a clown. Oh, Jake made just crazy <laughs> sound effect. It sounds like zombies. Lots of guys. Anyway, you know what we should do? We should record this conf grenade. Oh, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm Nick Bregan.